Everybody say, Lord, bless sister tonight. Take your liberty, sister. Praise the Lord, everyone. It feels good in the house, doesn't it? Something to be said about prayer conditioning. I love the fact that we have AC, air conditioning in Mississippi. But there's something about when you go into a church, into the tabernacle, and you know that there has been some prayer conditioning going on in the house. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful to be with you tonight. What an honor and a privilege to be with my friend from Arizona. We've known one another for a long time. And I'm very thankful to be with her tonight. I know God has a purpose. He's got a plan for everything that he's put in place, right? And so it excites me to know uh, Brother Robbins shared with me the lessons that he has taught over the last several weeks. He sent me his notes. I perused them. Of course, he sent them to me, I think, just a few days before camp meeting. And if you know anything about my job, camp meeting week was probably one of the busiest weeks out of the year. And so I did not get an opportunity to really look at the notes uh, except for the first ones that he sent me. And I I just wrote all over them. It was good stuff. And so I know that God is bringing this church to a level of prayer. Amen. And it's very interesting tonight that he made the comment. Siri, I'm not talking to you. He made the comment about if God were to write a letter. Can I take you to Revelations chapter chapter 3? Verses 7 and 8, because that's my opening this tonight. Revelations, chapter 3, verse 7. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David, what he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. And I believe through the lessons and the teaching and the awakening that God has done in your pastor on this subject of prayer and this moving this dynamic of prayer back into the position of this church, of raising up and strengthening the prayer force of this church, that God has opened a door. Can I say something to you tonight, church? Somebody got God's attention. Somebody got his attention. And he said, hey, I'm going to open a door for you that no man can shut. You are positioning yourself in prayer. You are calling on me. You are seeking after me. And I can't turn aside from that. He said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock 
and it shall be open unto you. And on the way over here tonight, God began to talk to me about you. He said, they have asked me for some things. They have sought after me for some things. He said, yea, I have even heard the rap of the knock as they are knocking at the door. And he said, because of that, he said, I have opened a door that no man can shut. Clap your hands unto the Lord and receive that word right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. I want to share with you, if I might, the the vision that I shared with uh, Brother Robbins and Sister Robbins uh, when they were at camp meeting. I was in a very difficult situation in a time of my life where I was the caregiver for one of my very dear friends uh, who was a minister's wife. Her husband had passed away the previous year. She was diagnosed uh, with cancer, and she was not doing well. I left her home and went to Walmart to pick up a few things, and so my spirit was wide open, and I'm just, I'm talking to the Lord about some things, And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God just come down inside my vehicle. And I know enough about the presence of God that when it comes down like that, he's getting ready to share something with you. And so I pulled over, Brother Robbins, so I could hear what the Lord was going to speak to me. And the Lord gave me a vision, and he showed me. All I can call it is, I know it wasn't a veil. It was more like a wall that was not a solid uh, sheetrock wall. But it was ripped from the top to the bottom. And the, the tearing of that thing was so horrific that I can't explain to you what I felt when I saw it. I got sick when I looked at it. And I began to watch as there was a man on one side and a man on another side. And they were holding the fabric desperately trying to keep it together. And there was an individual that stood in the middle of it. And he had some thread and a needle. And he began to stitch the tear up in that fabric. And then he would step back and he would look at that fabric and he would look at his his job that he had just accomplished and I could see his shoulders just begin to slump as he stepped forward and he began to rip the seam out because he knew it wasn't good enough. Time after time I watched as this man reached to try to repair what I was witnessing and then I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, not by the hands of man will this be restored. Not by the hands of of man will this be restored and God began to talk to me about the breach that has happened between heaven and earth and the only thing that can repair the breach is prayer and fasting seeking him knocking asking 
coming before him day and night, giving yourself no rest, rising up early in the morning, waking up in the wee hours of the night, something gets a hold of you. Something begins to grip you as you cannot lay in your bed, but you make your way onto your prayer position and you begin to call out upon the Lord. He said, not by the hands of man will I restore and repair this breach. He said, but by the prayer, the supplication and the fasting of my people. Now that's a tall order. But then he took me to the book of Nehemiah and I've been in the book of Nehemiah ever since. And I want to take you there tonight to Nehemiah chapter one. Nehemiah chapter one. I did not get my reading glasses. Verse two. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 2. You got it up there? All right. Hanai, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. Now, understand, this was not a short span of time. There were about 20 years between the book of Ezra and the book of Nehemiah. There were 70 years between the time that Ezra restored the temple of God and the walls were restored. So we're not looking at a short amount of time. We're looking at a very long amount of time. But here we have God has has raised up a Nehemiah and put him in the king's palace. And he has positioned him for the moment that God has been waiting for to restore some things in Jerusalem and in the nation of Israel. And he said, I asked him about the Jews. Let's go back there one more time. He said, I asked them about the Jews who had returned, returned there from captivity, about how things were going in Jerusalem. Verse 3, they said to me, things are not going well. For those who return to the province of Judah, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Verse 4, when I heard this, somebody say, when I heard this, what did he do? I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned. I fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. The first thing Nehemiah did is he recognized he was gripped with concern and a mourning. And the Lord spoke to me, Brother Robinson. He said, when is the last time? That you got a report about how your beloved nation is doing. Or the church across town is in trouble. And it gripped you to the point where all you could do is sit down and begin to mourn. And begin to seek me. And begin to fast. There was something that was troubling you. And you would not give yourself any rest. You sought me for the answer. And that's where God began to talk to me. You see, that breach that I saw was the breach between heaven and earth. It was the relationship and the communication between the body of Christ and heaven. And God said, there's some things in heaven that I desire to bring into the earth. But because of the breach, because of the breach, I cannot deliver them into the earth. 
I am looking and I am raising up pastors. That's why I got so excited, Brother Robbins, when you sent me those series of lessons. He said, I am raising up pastors and congregations of people. And I am realigning them to my purpose and my plan. I am moving them into position. I am calling them to fasting and mourning. I am sending a message that of things that are wrong in their nation and in their world and in their cities and in their communities and I'm moving them with compassion to begin to seek my face and to begin to pour out their mourning in my presence that I can send an answer and repair the breach when you go to Daniel and you recognize that on day one of his prayer The angel of the Lord, 21 days later that came, said to him, from the first day, from the first day, Daniel, your prayer was heard. What was the problem, Brother Robbins? It was getting the answer back to the earth. Listen, saints, God's talking to his people. There are some answers that people desperately need. That God wants to send from heaven. And he's raising up congregations. When I walked into this room. Now there was a lot of chatting going on. And there was a lot of visiting going on. But when I walked into this this tabernacle into this sanctuary. I knew that prayer was being made here. I knew there was a prayer conditioning that was going on. I knew that there was an alignment and on my way here today God began to speak to me concerning a door that he had opened. Paul said, hey there's been an effectual door open to me but there are many what? Adversaries. And so church, my, my word to you tonight is this. Somebody's been asking. Somebody's been seeking him. And somebody has even come to a place where they have knocked on the door. But can I share with you what the Lord showed me? In the effectual door that he opened. As soon as he opened the door. The enemy began to speak to you. And the static began to fill the atmosphere. And the confusion began to come. And you are not sure if you need to step across the threshold of the door that's been opened to you in prayer. And the Lord would say to you, go through. Go through the door. Don't worry about what you're hearing Don't worry about what you're sensing on this side of the door. If you'll just by faith take a step across the threshold, the enemy's voice will be silenced and I will bind him and his work and I will begin to release an anointing and a prayer into your spirit that you will begin to declare and proclaim the things that I desire to bring from heaven into the earth. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. What really excites me about the book of Daniel is is the angel of the Lord told him why he was there. I have come 
for your words. I've come because of what you prayed. I've come because you didn't stop. You didn't get tired. You didn't try to talk yourself out of what you were seeking God for. You didn't turn around and walk away and throw up your hands and decide it was not the will of God. But you kept praying, Daniel. You kept seeking. You kept pressing. And because of that, I got a little help in the cosmos. Because you aligned yourself and you just kept talking to God. And you just kept asking God. And you just kept seeking God. And you kept knocking at the door, an effectual door opened up, and here I am because of your words. I don't know what you've been praying, but I do know that the angels of the Lord are here because of your words. God has sent a host to this church. Listen, I know. I saw the door open. I saw it open, Brother Robbins. And the door, what was beyond the door is powerful. But I also heard the enemy. And I saw the doubt and confusion on your face. And I saw some of you even stepping backwards. Because you were counting the cost of what it was going to cost to step across that threshold. Listen to me. This man is standing at the door. I saw you, Brother Robbins. You were standing at the door. Your back was to the door. And you were looking at your congregation. And you were trying with everything in you to move them across the threshold of where you wanted to go. And where you desired to see this church. And where God has called and charged you to take them. And you stood in front of the door as it was opened. And between you and them was a voice of confusion and distraction. And someone was counting the cost. And somebody took a step back. And all of a sudden I saw you standing there. And you reached your hands toward heaven. And God told me to tell you I have opened a door that no man can shut now Paul's effectual door was simply this a door of opportunity and that's what has been open to this church a door of opportunity I don't know What's on the other side of that door for y'all? I have, God didn't give me a clue to that. But I tell you, it was resonating with power and with anointing. So I would imagine that giftings, callings, and anointings awaits this church in that place that God has opened the door. And the enemy does not want you to move across the threshold because he knows that his kingdom will come down when you step through the threshold of that door. You will experience an anointing and a power that you have never experienced before. I've come to encourage you tonight. I've come to encourage this congregation, go through the gates. Stop looking at the door and trying to contemplate what's on the other side. Don't listen to the enemy, but focus on the whisper of God that would say to you, come through the door. You have asked. And God has provided You have sought him for some things, and he's laid it in your lap. You have knocked, 
at the door. But you know what? You didn't expect it to open. The expectation for the door to open was not there when you kept knocking. Church, can I, can I say to you tonight that the power and the demonstration of spirit is beyond that door? There's an unlocking of miracles, signs, and wonders beyond that door. Look, we live in a generation that wants to keep us tied down and locked up. We live in a society that does not want us to lift our voice to God. He does not want us to worship and praise our God. But I'm telling you, beyond that door, beyond that effectual door, is a place by God where he can put you in position. And he can begin to speak a word through you that dominions will collapse strongholds will be destroyed come on chains will break off of people's lives and the enemy does not want you to pursue that he wants you just to keep coming just keep knocking just keep knocking don't expect that door to open just go on Keep knocking. But the things you've asked for, God has granted them. And the things that you have sought him for, he has provided. And that door that you're knocking at is an effectual door that he has already opened. Listen, you come up here and you knock and you don't even realize it's already open. Why? Because the enemy is blinding you. The enemy is talking you out of reaching that next step and by faith responding to the word of God. I don't understand it. You know what? Neither do I. But I'm just going to keep walking in the direction that God is moving me towards. I'm going to keep walking in the direction that God is moving me towards. Listen to me. He showed me a rock in the face of a mountain. It was flat and there was no way that you could in any way move it. It was just almost, it was almost just flat. And I watched as the hand of God began to jiggle it. (laughs) And I got in the prayer room and I got excited. And I started really connecting with what God was doing. I said, God, you're moving people out of their places. You're moving them out of their places. And you're moving them into place where you desire them to be. And I watched as the rock began to move in the side of that mountain. And when it popped out of its place, it was huge. No one ever knew the potential or the size of the ministry, the anointing that was there until God worked on it and began to move it out of its place. Now, I'm going to test my theory. How many of you sit in the same place every time you come? That's your comfort zone, ain't it? Your name's almost written on that seat. But if you desire what's beyond the effectual door, I'm going to ask you tonight, I don't care if you move one seat over or if you move move one row up, but I'm going to ask you that in answer to God, God, I want you to move me out of my place. 
I want you to move me into a place by you where you hit me with a calling and an anointing that I'd never recognized could be accomplished. Come on. you got to get up and move out of your place. God is working in this church body. I know he is, Brother Robbins. He began to move things. He began to shake things. He began to move and get, and things just began to pop out of the side of that mountain. And the rocks were so big and the potential was so large. And God is saying, all I need you to do is walk through the door. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You say, I don't feel like I'm triumphant. I didn't ask you to clap unto the Lord with a voice of triumph because you felt like it. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Move me, God. Move me out of my place. Move me out of my comfort zone. Move me out of my complacency, my lethargy. He In Revelations chapter 3, he was writing a letter to the church of Philadelphia. He said, I know your works. He said, you got a little strength left. You know what that word strength means? The dunamis power that's miraculous. It's not your strength. He wasn't telling you, I know your strength is small. What he was saying is, you got a little bit of the Holy Ghost down inside of you. And if you just begin to speak and declare and proclaim me and my authority over your life, something will begin to transpire and happen. And all of a sudden, that miracle working power that you've got inside of you will begin to bubble up and it'll begin to explode and break forth. I wish somebody tonight would ask the Lord break up the fountains of the deep God break up the fountains of the deep let rivers of living water issue out of me I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I can step across that threshold, but I'm going anyway. I'm doing it anyway. God, you're bidding me. Come on, come through. Come through the door. Just step across the door. Come on, let that spirit of prayer come upon you. Let that anointing come upon you. Come on, we got to stir up the gift, that dunamis power that is in residence. We got to stir it up that it becomes effectual and fervent and it avails much. 
I know your strength is little, but you have not denied my name. And because of that, I have opened a door before you that no man can shut. And all you've got to do is step across the threshold of the door that I have provided. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Miller, he's not asking for great anointing. He's just asking for obedience. He's not asking for great talent. He's just asking for somebody that can trust him and walk across the door. Give themselves to prayer in such a way that God can use them to speak to this generation. Ha <laughs> ha. Nehemiah was so gripped with the news about his beloved nation that the Bible says that all he could do was collapse in a chair and began to mourn. He began to weep. He began to cry out for that nation. Do you know he did it for four months before he ever approached the king? And in that four months, what happened? God aligned Nehemiah with his purpose. And he brought him to a place where Nehemiah recognized he needed to repent, not just for the nation, but for himself. Jesus, we need you. Will you stand up in the place where you're standing? And I want you to lift your hands, if you would please, and ask God to let you feel the burden of this man of God who God has awakened to a vision of apostolic power coming through apostolic prayer. Come on. Come on, put your hands up in that. Let, him, let, 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 let the Lord let you feel the weight of that burden. Yeah, la in the name of Jesus. And now, if you would please move out of your chair. Even if it's just to the aisle, acknowledge that God is moving you out of your place. Listen, I don't know what your potential is, but I know it's more than just a rock that is buried deep in the side of a mountain. I know it's more than just that thing that people pass by and they don't even notice. I know there is a great anointing that God is calling you to, a gifting, an anointing, a calling. (laughs) 